Before we jump into today's topic, a quick disclaimer. The stories and data we share come from the states that we practice in and the experiences that we've personally had, which can differ greatly across our country and certainly the globe. This is not a professional advice show. So let's get comfy and talk about death. Welcome to Mort Mike, a down-to-earth discussion on death and dying. I'm Jem. And I'm Red, and we're your overseers of the odorous this week. <laughs> warning, warning, warning. Today's episode content may make the faint of heart a little bit squeamish. Please proceed with your comfort level in mind. It's no secret that death gets a little messy sometimes. And from the pre-mortem dying process all the way to the post-mortem changes, there's a lot of opportunities for some ooky things to progress. We've lost count of the amount of dead bodies we've come in contact with over the years. But even after all this time, there are still certain things that make even our skin crawl. I have this weird thing sometimes where I'll, I'll try to watch a horror movie uh, with body horror in it just to like push my limits to see what gets a rise out of me because ever since I started embalming, the typical things really don't get my goat anymore. Yeah, actually, you know, that's something I'm going to talk about later, but I am I am not a horror gore kind of person. Like, I cannot... I cannot handle that kind of stuff. So there's all sorts of things that we can deal with and not even bat an eye at. Like being wrist deep in an organ bag from an autopsy and snipping at the bloated intestines to release gas. Severely infected and oozing bacterial skin infections. Bone out traumatic auto incidents. Dead body farts. (laughs) This is all run of the mill day to day stuff for us. But there are some absolute things that have to make me walk away from the prep table sometimes and catch a breath. Yeah, absolutely. I think that people think because we're exposed to these things so often that we must be used to them. Like we see it every day, like it should be no problem. That is absolutely not the case. And what I've found is that people, everyone has their thing. So something that might make red, you know, squirm in her boots a little bit is not going to make me do that. And, you know, something that I find absolutely disgusting is something red's going to just be like, oh, whatever, it's not a big deal. So it's really individualistic in that sort of way. And I think that's why it's going to be really fun to talk about what sort of, you know, what sort of makes our hair stand on end. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you start us off with your nasty, creepy thing that you don't like? The first thing that I wanted to talk about is going to be my absolute least favorite thing about doing autopsies, about doing transfers. Anyone that ever has worked with me will know this about me. And the thing that I absolutely cannot stand, and I hate, 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 to the end of my days is poop. (laughs) (laughs) It's poop. And I know that uh, people deal with poop every day. Nurses, you know, taking care of the elderly, taking care of babies. I just, I cannot, I cannot do it. I don't know what it is. Poop is always, always, always going to be in the death industry. It is a very, very, very normal thing that happens 
to pretty much everyone when you die. You know, you hear that when I think it's a common like quote unquote myth that when you die, your anal sphincter relaxes. And this is absolutely true. And anything that is in that area that was, you know, being held back or, you know, waiting, you know, for you to use the bathroom next, it's it's coming out and it's whatever, wherever you are, you know, you're however you die, it's more than likely that you're going to be pooping yourself. I'm sorry. (laughs) But that's just, uh, it's just, you know, slimy and smelly and gross. And one of the things that we have to do in autopsy is we have to remove the intestines. And if you have never seen intestines before, it's kind of like a long, slimy tube that's extremely bendable and oftentimes just chock full of poop. Like, I don't, You know, I don't care how often you cleanse or like how many probiotics you take. Your body is full of poop and I hate it. I hate your poopy body. (laughs) But so when we're taking out the bowel, you know, it's a long, long, long tube. It's feet. uh, It's yards and yards long. Um, so we're taking it out with a scalpel. One of the worst offenses in my eyes is nicking the bowel. So this means creating a hole in the bowel so that all the poop comes spilling out into the body cavity, onto the table, onto the body, onto my hands, onto (laughs) my apron. And it's just, it's the worst. Like, I don't know, Red, if you have any qualms about poop, but I actually, before I wanted to be a mortician, I was thinking about being a CNA, a certified nursing assistant, and the only reason why I did not do that is because I did not realize how much poop they have to deal with on a daily basis. Like, I literally was like, nope, I can't. Not with poop. Nope. It's not happening. I would definitely have to get those, like, elbow-long latex gloves if I was dealing with, like, live people actively pooping. I personally don't mind a whole lot. Like, half of my job is literally cleaning up poop from yeah, dead bodies yeah, like it's, it really it's, is <laughs> like, you think you've got it all and there's just so much that comes out like please stop um which i would love to go into anal vaginal plugs <laughs> but there's more time for that in a different episode um absolutely but yeah it's it's not that bad for me personally definitely not on my top five yeah out of all of the body fluids it's definitely just it's just awful gastrointestinal bleeds it's where you have a bleed in your intestines and your blood mixes with your poop and it just comes right out because it's just watery and bloody and gross terrible um baby poop stinky smelly oily terrible yeah it's so much worse (laughs) than like adult poop why And, you know, that's just the worst for me. Of course, there's other body fluids that are just, like, terrible and, you know, um, red. What's, like, one of your, like, body fluids that you can't stand? Okay, so it's got to be, for me, snot. Like, goobers, all sorts of... It's just... It goes... So gross. Uh, half the time, like I pull boogers out of people's noses that, like, you could swear come from the brain. Like that's how oh, far back God. they go, and they're usually like really crusty and like mm. full of blood or like vomit and stuff. And it kind of goes hand in hand with like my next one, which is mouths, which is why I hate mouths so much because a lot of the times there's a lot of snot in there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously we all know that like your mouth and your nose, like they're all connected 
connected. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of people who are like passing away are uh, usually very dehydrated or like can't keep food down. So like their mouths are all like dried and cracked. Their tongues are all cracked. Um, they usually have a lot of like vomit towards the end of their life. So that's coming out of their nose. That's like caked in their mouth and dried by the time we get them. Yeah. And also what you can find in there is purge, ah, yes. which is the the fluid in your stomach kind of regurgitating. Remember, we talked about sphincters. So <laughs> there's a sphincter on top of your stomach, and that also will relax after you die. So the food that's in your stomach starts to kind of like come back up, you know, and it has to go somewhere. It comes out your mouth. And that's what purge is called. It's usually kind of like darker colored. It's not blood unless, you know, there's a stomach bleed. But it's just like basically like dead people vomit is what purges and it's terrible. Like we're moving the bodies around like snot is coming out of your mouth, coming out of your nose. It's like goopy and just stringy and it's 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 gross. It's just gross. And there's all sorts of stuff in purge too. Like Mm -hmm. it could be just like stomach content. Sometimes you get lung purge, which is all frothy and bloody and could have like fluid in the lungs. So it's yellow. I will say quickly that opening a stomach, because we do examine the stomach during autopsy too, opening a stomach of someone who ate like a huge like meal um, recently before they died, and just kind of like being able to see exactly what they ate, like whether it's like, you know, penne pasta or like a little <laughs> bit of broccoli or something like this. That's it's a little gross, too. You're just like, oh, God, I don't think I can eat penne pasta for a couple of weeks. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I think a big thing with gross, like the grossness factor in death is definitely revolved around the face and like the facial features. So for me, when I was getting into um, funeral directing, I think now it doesn't bother me as much, but I still wanted to bring this up. It's the eyes. The eyes of a person can, you know, that's kind of like the first thing that people look at to tell if you are, you know, with it or if you're not with it, if you're alive or you're dead, because dead eyeballs, they're just People die with their eyes open. I actually, this is something that I don't think people realize. If you, you know, are unconscious or you die, like sometimes your eyes are open. And I think everyone has this image in their mind of like, you know, the hand going over the eyes slowly to close the eyes after someone dies. If you don't do that right away, your eyes are like going to stay open due to rigor mortis, which we'll discuss at a later episode. But like, they're just, you're, you're dead man staring at someone basically and it's just it's haunting honestly yeah it is that that was what kind of scared me the most when i first started in the funeral industry and red maybe you can talk to us a little bit about how you get those eyelids closed um during the embalming process because that was my least favorite part for sure yeah eyeballs are incredibly difficult to look at when they're like empty devoid of all the light uh but in order to get them to be closed uh, we have to break rigor Um, i do like doing that that is really fun for me yeah it is kind of fun it helps you be able to position the eyelids where you want them to naturally rest um but the biggest thing in order to keep eyes closed is something we use called eye caps which are these little plastic discs that can be circular or ovoid 
and they have tiny little grippy spikes on them. And so we set those over top of the eyeball and then lift the eyelids over them and let them settle naturally. And those little spikes keep the eyelids uh, from flapping open, oh. which is really disturbing to think about if it was on your eye, like your a, actual like a live eye. eye. Yeah. Yeah. Think about a hard plastic contact lens with freaking spikes coming out of it. <laughs> it's like putting it into the eyeball like that. But, you know, that makes me a little squeamish. I don't like thinking about that. That was something that I was like, really just messed me up when I was a young funeral director. Oh, for sure. Eyes gross me out in the respect of like, it still kind of goes hand in hand with snot because sometimes people have these huge eye boogers that at the intercanthus that you're just like, ha. Ah, uh, uh, the little eye crusties. Yeah, the crusties. Ugh, so nasty. Sleep crusties, dead crusties. Speaking of crusties, um, something that is starting to ra- uh, rank up on my list of things that I hate are going to be nails, especially toenails. It's the least cared for part of your body when you get older, I swear. It is. I think the worst thing for the f- the feet for me, I don't know, they're just so like floppy and just like (laughs) i don't like the toes like they're dirty and especially if you know like red said if they're not cared for when you get older your nails kind of tend to get like thicker and like if you're not taking care of them you could have like fungus is very common to see i think um very like thick grown out like like yellow like monster toenails just like coming for you you know what i mean yeah definitely and calluses that look like they've been walking on like hot sand for years like Mm. oh thick calluses bunions um thankfully we don't have to do much with the feet at least we don't right i don't know if um, your funeral home like puts on like socks and shoes and stuff like that yeah and that's where the toenails really get me because when you're trying to put on nylons and the toenails are like scratch scratch scratching at the inside of them it's just like oh god (laughs) so nasty actually an interesting thing that i don't think that a lot of people know about so when you donate your um organs when you donate your organs um to either like a gift of life program or like an organ donation program, they will take your long bones. And what this means is that they'll take the bones in your legs and in your arms so that, you know, they can be used for bone repair, bone transplant, things like this for to help living people. It's really great. Um, but so when they take your long bones in a, in a dead person, they want to put something back there to kind of like give the appearance of you know a leg that is no longer there because without your bones you're literally just like a skin sack flopping around right um so what they do is they stick pvc pipes uh where your long bones used to be and that for me that's like a really creepy thing especially the legs because they'll take your long bones they'll take some of the skin on your legs but they'll leave your feet so it's like this skinny little pvc pipe coming out of your hip um, with a little floppy foot attached to the end, and I hate it so much. I cannot because, like, you pick up the PVC pipe and the foot's like whoop whoop whoop, whoop, whoop <laughs> like is uh, is just too much for me. I just cannot. The first time I ever unwrapped a body—that's a weird way to put that—but I'm keeping it. Um, unwrap mm-hmm. a body that had donated long bones in the legs. I actually kind of laughed because it's very comical looking because it's just like it is, like butt, yeah. butt cheeks with two little sticks hanging out of them and then these little feet on the end and there's just like one yeah. tiny inch long strip of skin that is just like 
wrapped with string to the PVC pipe. Like it is bizarre that that's like kind of what they came up with. <laughs> but yeah, because yeah, I know, and it's you know like little skinny. It's not even big PVC pipe. It's skinny. It's no. probably like I don't know two or three diameters. Um, but you know, of course, like donating your organs is super important. Like you know, I think that everyone should if they can. But you just have to keep the humor in the embalming room. Sometimes I think like it is just a like a very silly looking thing. The after effect of you know donating your long bones. Right. Exactly. So going along with extremities, uh, hands get me because of one specific. And it's not clinical, but I am designating it hand cheese. Hand Hand cheese. cheese. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, what I think you're talking about is when you die or when you're not, you know, taking care of your skin when you're a little bit older, the cells, like the first layer of skin cells, like start to die and like kind of flake off. Um, So that's probably what you're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. Except like tenfold, especially when somebody's in the hospital for a long time or they have like extremely bad arthritis where their hands can't open very wide. So Mm -hmm. of course- And they probably couldn't use their hands a lot. Exactly. And people aren't really worried about cleaning their hands off and trying to like open their fingers enough to clean the palms of their hands. So you end up with this like- all this extra skin at, that just is it's sweaty and it gets really like oh like that's what i'm looking for it looks like parmesan cheese yeah pretty much it's spreadable that's that's what the consistency is <laughs> which is an awful thing to relate that it's, to it's awful it is <laughs> i uh i always always come into contact with this uh at the worst times usually when i'm not wearing gloves like Ooh. i uh i'll be removing jewelry you know before i close the casket for the family you know taking the bracelets <laughs> off and everything and i have to oh, no. get rings off and i'm like grab the hand and i just like I have this moment where I'm like, you cannot let the family know what just happened with your facial expression. Act normal, please. <laughs> I, yeah, I and I have this image of my mind of like this like somber funeral and Red's like, you know, you're in your funeral attire, like leaning over the body <laughs> and the family, they're always like watching you like a hawk, yeah. always. And you're just like removing these jewelries like with this hand, she's like coming off into your hand, just trying not to like cry, like screaming internally. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I guess I'll just wipe this up my new suit. that's so funny um another thing what happens with that um which i i weirdly have experience with is um and i think a lot of nurses kind of joke about this too i saw a meme about it recently but when someone's wearing socks in the hospital and you go to like rip off their socks oftentimes you'll get like showered with like a little snow shower of skin flakes and so there's this meme that says, you know, it's like a nursing meme and it's, you know, it's like every time you go to remove your patient's socks and it's just like this, like, uh, I think it's a gif of like this cartoon cat with like little like snow coming down Yay! on it and like piling up on its head. I wish you could see my face right now. That's so gross. <laughs> it, it is. It, I hate it. It's whenever I take off socks from the hospital patients now, I'm always like, ooh, careful. I don't <laughs> want snowflakes today. <laughs> Going along with that kind of like gross skin vibe, something that really kind of grosses me out. Um, so when you get older, your skin also gets really thin and it gets super fragile, um, very, very fragile. Like, so the thing that I'm going to talk about, what can happen if you like, if you've ever experienced this before, it's just, it's just awful. If you 
grab an older person's skin, I think especially if they are like nearing the end of their life, you can literally like tear the first layer of their epidermis like from like from the dermis from the muscle underneath and it's like it literally feels like if you put a tissue paper on your arm like tissue like wrapping tissue paper and just like put your fingers on it and like moved and it tears like tissue paper it the feeling is like so similar and it's just always because first of all it's on it's usually on the arms and the hands when you're trying to move the body you know you grab grandma's arm and you kind of hold on like you would a normal arm and you pull and you like feel the tear and you're like oh no because that's like it's it's hard to repair i think isn't it red yeah especially to get it to stop from leaking i mean we can use super glue and stuff like that to try to like flap it back over but Ugh. it's never 100 <laughs> percent. you have to wax it's that. just a terrible like it's kind of like a texture thing like it, the tear feeling is just awful and as soon as you do it you're just like oh no like i'm so sorry funeral director like i did not want to do this and it's it's not fun it, for anyone involved. It's really not. It's hard to repair, and it only gets worse, like, the longer somebody's uh, passed away for, like, then mm-hmm. obviously decomposition starts, and skin slip starts to happen in major, major ways, where, like, mm-hmm. you can de-glove mm-hmm. somebody uh, pretty yeah. easy <laughs> at that yeah, point. Yeah, actually, just a little side note, you know, like, when you see on the FBI criminal shows where they take off someone's, like finger skin and they put it on their own finger to like get into their phone or like fingerprint access whatever you know what i'm talking about no i've never heard of that that's cool <laughs> oh gosh i'm so sorry i'm like in my own little world here but um so the degloving of the hand if you're decomposed enough the first layer of your skin on your hand will come off and it's disgusting disgusting it's just so creepy so in a case of decomposition that we had we couldn't identify the person because they were so badly decomposed but the 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 hand glove for lack of better word that came off you know we literally took off the first layer of skin on their hand we were able to the doctor literally put the hand glove on his own gloved hand thankfully gloved hand And used a police fingerprint scanner to identify this person. That is so BA, man. Yeah. (laughs) Science. I think I've seen it in like on TV and it's cool because that's actually something that we can do, but it's like definitely really creepy. I feel it's almost like, like serial killer, like, you know, putting the, putting the skin, (laughs) putting the dead skin of your, uh, the hands of your, you know, victims on for whatever reason. Very Edgeen. It is a little creepy. So finally, time for my, my ultimate, my poop. (laughs) You're you're crowning, you're crowning poop. (laughs) It's got to be blood clots. And, you know, the common folk are probably used to the concept of a blood clot being this very tiny little thing that if it breaks off, you know, could cause issues uh, with lungs, et cetera, et cetera. And um, that is not the case in what kind of blood clots we see. So after somebody passes away, of course, uh, the blood is no longer moving. It starts to coagulate inside of the vessels and you get some monster clots. I'm talking big old noodles of blood clots. And there was one embalming I did um, where I inserted the angular forceps into the uh, jugular vein angled down into the heart. And that is to manually pull out uh, blood clots um, because when you create pressure, all the clots start to move towards the exit and you need help pulling those out. And so 
I was like not getting any flow. No blood was coming out. And I'm like, wow, this person must have a lot of clots. And I finally, like, I feel like I grab something uh, and I pull and swear to you, this like six to eight inch clot comes out. The head of it had to be as big as like, uh, like a nickel around. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was like, it wasn't just like, like the black black brown blood it was like plasma goo in there too oh my god Mm -hmm. it was the nastiest thing i've ever seen i had to like i dropped my forceps on the table it was just like (laughs) get it down get it down the water get it down to the drain (laughs) Uh, that's so funny because i actually i love blood clots i think they're so cool yeah i I love them and so like red was saying before so when you're embalming someone basically since we haven't really talked about it yet crash course they cut open the karate and the carotid artery and the jugular vein and you are pumping form you're pumping formaldehyde into the body and chemicals dyes all of this and what's coming out is the blood that has settled into the body that's been settling there and especially if they've been sitting for a long time you know of course it, the blood is going to be settling more it's going to be forming these clots and these clots are actually called post-mortem clots because they're not you don't get these clots in real life. Like if you're sitting down for a long time, you're not going to get postmortem clots. Can you imagine they're getting so... a clot like that from sitting down oh, for too God. long? Oh my gosh. <laughs> they're just, they're very like big and like coagulate and like lumpy. And you'll learn through this podcast that pathologists love comparing like how things look to food. And I don't know why. No, like, that's totally a, a thing. We did it in totally embalming school thing. too. <laughs> So what they call these clots, how you distinguish them, because if you look at them, you can actually distinguish them from like an in an in life clot that formed in life while the body was alive, which is really cool to determine like, did this person die of like a like a thrombus or is it just a postmortem clot? So the postmortem clots, they actually separate into that like plasma-y, like yellowish kind of, like there's a top yellowish, like shiny plasma-y part. And then the bottom part is the heme of the blood like settling. And what they say it looks like is like chicken fat. Hmm. Yeah. To be honest, I don't really see it, but like I can understand. Like it's a very like fatty, like shiny, like gloppy sort of just like... I don't know, little guy. I love them. I like see them and they're just like, I don't know, they're kind of cool. They just like slide around and, you know, but definitely with embalming, I think it's a little bit different than doing an autopsy because these like huge glompy things are just like coming out of the jugular vein, just like huge glomps. And it is really kind of like, kind of like pulling a like pulling a booger out like you know what i mean i don't know how to describe it (laughs) definitely especially when you have like a bunch of them and all of a sudden the flow kind of like starts to come out and it's just like an eruption of just blood and like clots and it's awful so even though poop bothers me the most and it's terrible and i hate it red seems to be fine with it you know no one likes poop but it's fine and uh, similar to uh red being just the gargantuan clots is not something that Red ever wants to think about, probably has nightmares about. People are squeamish about different things. And I think what a lot of people outside of the industry, what I get a lot of questions about are things like the the bugs we might encounter. So we're talking maggots, we're talking flies, we're talking bed bugs and lice. Honestly, for me personally, I do not mind them at all. I think they're kind of cute. Like, I, you know, besides the whole, like, infectious factor, I think little maggots, they look like little rice just, like, scooting about <laughs> on the body. 
they're just the like you know their little bellies are full of blood and you can kind of see it moving around in there i just think they're little cute little guys i like them i kind of like them maggots <laughs> aren't know. too bad actually i i could kind of agree with them being like kind of adorable because they're they're not gonna like jump out at you either they're just kind of like yeah and they don't bite you they're just kind of there yeah and so you know maggots are are baby flies and um, another kind of uh, food related thing that <laughs> pathologists compare this to, like I said before, maggots are often compared to little rice grains or little riceronies, <laughs> um, but they come from fly eggs. And you can tell if a body has fly eggs laid on it because it looks like uh, Parmesan cheese. <laughs> I know we compared the hand cheese to this before, but it literally looks like a dusting of Parmesan cheese over the whole body is what fly eggs tend to look like. And the crazy thing is, if you are outside and you're in the right environment, flies will find you and they'll start to lay eggs on you within hours of death. Yeah, they're pretty um, much, they're on top of it. They, yeah, they were they, bred they and got born their, for this. They're, they're good at their job. <laughs> I think for bugs, for me, definitely not too bad, especially when you can, if you can see them, like, then I can conquer them. So it's okay. Like, I have mm-hmm. seen some very intimidating lice on one case however i had never uh, seen lice that big before they were very well fed uh, <laughs> if, I, if i'm gonna have a problem with any bugs it's gonna be bed bugs just because i lived in the city before and i've had them before and it's just like not again i'm not doing this again it's it's not even like i'm scared or like afraid of them i just don't want to deal with them again at my own house yeah absolutely knock on wood i've never um had bed bugs before but that's definitely a really a big a big threat in the uh in the death care industry so thankfully bed bugs are you know they don't last long after someone dies as long as you get their clothes off and you kind of give them a good wash um we actually tend to freeze them so we like you know put the body in the freezer and try to freeze them off but it is definitely something that you just want to be extra careful about like no one whenever a funeral director comes to pick up a bed bug body they will not open the bag even they'll just be like nope nope we are not even risking it like literally the only time i wear full ppes is when there's bed bug <laughs> cases bed bugs. <laughs> i mean that's legitimate to be honest um so as you can see there's a lot of like really gross things that we do see every day and it still kind of gives us a little bit of the heebie-jeebies we're not just in here like um not scared of any sort of thing when it comes to like gross bodies and actually like i said before as a death professional and you know i work in the medical examiner's office i see a lot of gross things but i am i cannot do the horror gore thing like that is not me and i don't know what the disconnect is but i can do i can do like five autopsies a day um on a decomposing body and you know whatever you throw my way but when it comes to certain things it's just nope it's not happening that's really interesting anybody that's listening if you have um the most awful gory nasty movie please send it my way um because i i need only to read only to, to me, me. <laughs> right definitely tag it for me uh because i need to feel something because i don't a lot of things just don't get the rise out of me anymore and i really want to challenge myself so definitely send it my way <laughs> Yeah. And that goes if you have any other questions like, you know, 
Um, why didn't we talk about this certain thing? Have you ever heard of this? Definitely shoot us an email because we just touched on the things that are prevalent for us. But if you're wondering about, I don't know, bed sores or amputations, we could definitely talk about something like that. Yeah, absolutely. There are so many things out there, even though we've handled hundreds and hundreds of bodies, we haven't seen every single case possible. So it's always interesting to hear input or have questions, things that help us look into stuff for you guys too. Cool. Do you want to end it there? Sure. Okay. Unless you want to say anything else, we no, can I'm, take it out. I'm solid. Okay, let's do it. And that's all for this week on Mort Mike. We'd love to connect with you guys on our socials, like we said. So like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Mort Mike Podcast. That's M-O-R-T-M-I-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It would mean a lot to hear your feedback. So please tell us what you think in a comment and drop us a rating on whatever podcast hosting site you use. If you have any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear or any burning questions you have about death, shoot us an email at mortmikepodcast at gmail.com. I just want to say we really appreciate all the comments that you guys have been posting on our Facebook and on our Podbean website. Um, it's really funny to see that everyone liked the human soup topic <laughs> last, last podcast. So we really appreciate all your feedback. We really do. And honestly, we read every single one of them. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you, guys. I also want to give a huge thank you to our friend Marson for the use of his song titled Deputies of Death, which he produced just for our show. You can check out his band camp at Marson. That's M-A-R. R-S-O-N music.bandcamp.com Thanks, Marcin. And be sure to tune in every other week on Thursdays for more casual discussions on death. Thank you so much for listening, guys. This has been Mort Mike. Bye. Bye. Bye.